Beautiful greetings, everybody. My name is Alex Flores. And I'm Meredith Frigo. And you're listening to Tea Time with Bitter and Sweet. Today, we will be talking about men, women, and kitchens. You had me at men. I knew it. So stay tuned. drinking yogi tea mm. which is something i've made before mm-hmm. but it's basically just like a big pot of boiling water and i put ginger tea or not ginger tea but i put ginger sliced mm-hmm. up uh black pepper cloves cardamom and black tea so that's my recipe and then i boil the heck out of it and then after i'm done i strain it all oh mm. and cinnamon cinnamon's in it oh too. yes so and then um for us, I just put some almond milk in it. Mm-hmm. There's no sugar, so it's not sweet, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted this morning. Yeah. It's like a big old batch of spicy goodness. Yes. It's almost like a chai, really. Mm-hmm. I, I really think it, it is does, chai. It does taste like a chai, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it is basically a chai. Mm-hmm. I just, it's the recipe I found. It's called a yogi. Mm-hmm. Y-O-G-I. Yogi tea. Ah. And it's good. Very nice. Mm-hmm. 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 Very nice. So today is uh, quite a controversial subject. A little, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. So um, I want to hear your thoughts. Tell me, what are we talking about today? So I have a question. Okay. Okay. Should women be in the kitchen? I think that everybody should be in the kitchen. The short answer really is no. Podcast (laughs) over. We're done now. (laughs) But uh, there's a more complicated answer, I guess. It's not like... Okay, so I think women should be in the kitchen if they want to be. Mm-hmm. They should have that option. Yes, if they don't, then no. no. They definitely don't need to be in the kitchen. No. Um, so, yeah, that's like my baseline feeling of mm-hmm. it. Okay. Which, I don't know, what are your thoughts? So I, what do you mm, think? My thoughts is that parents, and of course, because I'm such an incredible parent already... Uh, I think that parents should teach their children basic life skills, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they're, uh, they have young men or young women in the household. Everybody should know simple basics like cooking, how to do taxes, stuff like that. You know, just the basic things. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. For sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. 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 Do you think that women have a certain intuition when it comes to the kitchen? I think that naturally there's so much wisdom and knowledge and intent passed down from mothers to mothers and like from like so many different generations of things that you know that women have built up this natural kind of um, sage knowledge Mm -hmm. (laughs) over how to run a household because, you know, throughout uh, so much time and, you know, going back into colonial times and uh, more and more into biblical times Mm -hmm. as the church was so prominent in people's actual household. Right. It was a priority for women to maintain the household. Yeah. You know? Yes. So like as time went on, I think it became more and more like a legacy that became uh, something that women are naturally just not like very intuitive. Right. When it comes to kitchen matters. And I think that it kind of depends too. Like I think women innately do since... Um, 
which I'll talk about in a minute, kind of where I think women in the kitchen comes from, like mm-hmm. how that even got started. Yeah. But, um, I think that anybody who kind of dives into the kitchen and, and food and making things and cleaning, mm-hmm. like anybody, anybody could have intuition from that. I don't necessarily think yeah. it's a purely a woman thing. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that women have been doing it for a for long so time long. Yeah. that I feel like usually mm-hmm. women are the intuitive mm-hmm. ones when it comes to the kitchen. Yeah. But I definitely think that you can run into many men mm-hmm. um, as is your wish. I'm sure to run into many men, but um, you could <laughs> run into many men who, who are good kitchen intuitive folks. I agree. Good. Because I myself am very, <laughs> I myself for am selfish very, reasons. <laughs> I love being in the kitchen. That's true. I do. I love it. Yes. Um, okay. So I kind of was wondering where the idea of women in the kitchen came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really look anything up. I was trying to think in my brain, I was like, what could possibly be the reason, the, the reason women mm-hmm. have been just kind of put in the kitchen for mm-hmm. such a long time. And so in my brain, I'm like, what about hunter gatherers? Like men are the ones that kind of went out mm-hmm. and hunted and did everything, you know, out and about Yeah. and women stayed and like prepared meals and things mm-hmm. like that. And so I'm kind Exchanged of changed information and like had that, yes, yeah. you know, switched up their recipes mm-hmm. and gave them to other Um, you know, I, I'm in my head, I'm thinking of like native Americans, but this Mm -hmm. happened way before any of us have been around too. So I feel like, you know, from that kind of error is maybe even Mm -hmm. where it got started. Mm -hmm. I just find that so interesting. I would have to agree with you to a certain degree. I, whenever I started to think about it without looking up any type of information, my immediate thought process went to the female and male biological makeup Mm -hmm. because females are the ones who carry children for nine months. Yes. So because they have that vulnerable time where they are not only responsible for themselves, but responsible for another person growing inside of them, Mm -hmm. the man who does not bear children, he is the standing line of defense or line of, of, um, how do you say he's the one who takes care of them Sure. during that time. Right. So let's say back in hunter gatherer times, if you had a female who was pregnant and you were moving from, I don't know, from one region to the next region to look for food, you would be making sure that she is safe and she is protected mm-hmm. and you would be the one going out and doing all of those things. And maybe you know I mean? that, yeah, maybe that's how it kind of like got started or initiated was mm-hmm. like, you know, women, when they become pregnant, they are somewhat vulnerable, I guess is not the best word. But. I no, I think vulnerable is the best word because I, I know that it might sound a little cliched to say it like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about the biological I would makeup say delicate. of a female, I'm thinking just purely scientific, uh-huh. purely scientifically when you are pregnant there are so many complications biologically that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. So your body is, in fact, vulnerable to those complications. Right. There are different things that you have to take care of. Like nowadays, we have um, very specific doctors who treat women during pregnancy right. for vitamins and 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 uh, development and all sorts sorts of things. So we know just the facts that. 
the biological makeup of a woman changes and is complex throughout pregnancy, I would wholeheartedly say that the body itself is a little bit more vulnerable during pregnancy than a woman who is at her prime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and, and I, but do you understand? Yes. Like you get it? I okay. Do. I see where you're, you're going. Well, and I, I think that that's, like I said, like a, probably a starting point was, you know, the women moving around a whole lot and mm-hmm. all that jazz, like when you're pregnant can be a little more inhibiting. So mm-hmm. maybe men were like, okay, how about I go out and get the things and you yeah. stay here and you'll cook and you'll do this. And right. so kind of like the start of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, without looking up any information, that's naturally what I would think of. Like just the kind of hierarchy of how things fit in economically. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Um, and then kind of what I was thinking of too, well, I thought of, okay. So the fact that I love the show Downton Abbey, <laughs> I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that show though, the women don't know how to cook. And they don't clean either. I mean, the women no. <laughs> that are housekeepers and yeah. the women that are cooking, they do. But like, they are not raised. Those women, the noble women or the ladies, whatever you want to call them, they are just not. Yeah. They don't do that. They don't have to. And even notoriously, like in one of the episodes, one of the the ladies goes down mm-hmm. to the kitchen and she's trying to learn how to cook mm-hmm. and she can't even boil water. Like she can't figure out how to, <laughs> how to boil a how kettle. To turn the fire. <laughs> right. Well, and uh, even the sink, like when she turned it on, it like blasted in her face <laughs> and it's like, so, uh, so it's not necessarily an intuitive thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something that is taught. Uh, yeah. Um, I think eventually becomes intuitive mm-hmm. once you, um, have done it a while, yeah. then you get some intuition in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But I think if you never yeah. have, you're so, totally blind yeah. to everything mm-hmm. uh, intuition wise when it comes to the kitchen. Right. So, um, why would men not be doing this? We talked about kind of the pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, if you're pregnant, then men are going to take care of you. But also, um, for a hunter gatherer standpoint, like, is it because men are stronger Um, I think that goes back to biology a little bit for me because I'm a very process driven individual. I think about the process of how people are raised and how people develop because we know throughout maturity, um, the stages of puberty, we know very specific things about the male body and the female body, right? The male body is more driven to physically demanding situations Mm -hmm. and the female body is more driven to uh, stimulated, intuitive kind of processes. Yeah. Almost intellect. Yeah. Almost intellectual rather than, uh, more physically driven situations Mm -hmm. that they would encounter throughout their lives. Right. But that's not always the situation in, in life. You are correct. Yeah. But I think if you're going back down to the fundamentals of, uh, of how people used to interact with each other, they didn't know all of these tiny little tidbits of scientific information. Mm -hmm. They only understood and knew what was right there in front of them and how to survive throughout certain times and certain situations by utilizing each other's strengths. Right. So if you were to utilize each other's strengths, naturally you would have men do the heavy lifting, Mm -hmm. doing the hunting, doing all of those things. Right. And women were more observant at that time. They understood how things worked a lot better than men because men were uh, exhausted most of the time. Well, and as you pass things down from Mm -hmm. woman to woman, um, they would become much better at um, cooking and cleaning mm-hmm. than men would um, right. because, you know, men are out and about doing 
Manly things. Manly things. (laughs) Building a fire. Exactly. (laughs) And then dancing around it, beating on their chests or something. Um, But, you know, I think that for sure, well, not for sure. I I think that it depends on the man and the woman. I think Mm -hmm. that some men are stronger physically Mm -hmm. than women Mm -hmm. are. Um, I think most of it has to do with upper arm strength. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking up a little bit about it, um, I saw that some women, I mean, women have, um, about equal leg strength to Mm -hmm. men, um, in general. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to upper arm strength, men just tend to have more muscles in their upper arms and their abdomen, not abdomens, but maybe abdomens, but their pecs and things. Their pectoral muscles. Yes. They tend to have more. Um, and that all comes down to, of course, testosterone levels because yes. testosterone levels promote muscle growth. Right. So men being, mm-hmm. um, more physically strong, I guess. Yeah. So they would be the ones to go out. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, how does that translate to now? I don't think it translates to now. Right. Because we have such a wide array of information that is provided to us now. If a female wanted to take the time to stimulate muscle growth, she has the information, the know-how, and the wisdom to be able to do that now. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we didn't have that information, but right. now we do. So the more you know, the more and more those lines get blurred. Yeah. And I think nowadays, for our current generation, those lines have been so blurred. Yes. We are so used to doing things our own personal way that we don't go back to the days where we didn't have all of that information readily available by the touch of a screen on a device we held in our pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So nowadays, I don't think that it pertains so much anymore. No. Now, of course, whenever you're growing up and you're maturing and you go through puberty and all that stuff, there are certain things that you can't just <laughs> avoid. Right? Yeah. Women will always have a menstrual cycle every month. That's not something that you can avoid unless you go through so many different avenues of scientific procedure. Do you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) But either way, like as of now, we do have that option. Mm -hmm. We can go through those different avenues. Women can get rid of their periods now. Mm -hmm. Men can get rid of their genitals now. Like there are so many different things that have evolved over time. Of course, because of the legacy that we have made for each other to be able to pass down that information. Like it's taken this long to be able to get to this point. But now that we're at this point, the things that our ancestors, or I guess our forefathers or however you want to say it, the way that they lived their lives was necessary for who they were at the time. Mm -hmm. The way that we live our lives isn't as necessary anymore. Because we have a different process for that. And so not too long ago, it was still very thought of as a woman's job to cook and clean Mm -hmm. and whatever. And Mm -hmm. so like, it seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh, Like it was in a a time period that's very close Mm -hmm. to our current time period. And even now we still have people Mm -hmm. who think women should be in the kitchen and should provide meals and Mm -hmm. cleaning and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that 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 idea like was really cemented in the age of farming. I personally think that that idea was really cemented in the age of religious prominence because I think it's bound more so in religion for so long than it was really anything else. Right. Because if you think about all of the, uh, world powers and all of the different powerful religious institutions 
um, the Bible very, very clearly explains that a woman is meant to bear children and to raise those children and to be at home and to make sure that they are providing for them at all times while the man is to provide for the family and provide um, financial stability, um, intellectual stability, all that good stuff like that. But the more and more you go on to different religions, the more and more you see those lines blurred, but it all comes down to the same foundations, that a woman's responsibility is to bear children and provide for the family. Right. You know well, what I mean? And farmers tend to be very religious, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. So I'm kind of thinking not just farmers within recent times, mm-hmm. um, really not at all, actually, but like farmers whenever... Um, like the people who are in their 80s right now, when they were younger, they most likely grew up on farms in mm-hmm. the area that we live. Right. Um, I work at a at a uh, nursing home, mm-hmm. and a lot of them will remember times of you know oh, yeah. whenever they grew up on a farm and they helped take mm-hmm. care of the farm and everything, and then they helped mom cook in the kitchen. Right. And they helped her clean house. Right. So like the farmer, the man normally. Mm-hmm. Um, he would go out and work very hard mm-hmm. and then come back. And the woman who had been working very hard as well had mm-hmm. made food right. for him to kind of nourish his body, nourish the family. And that's kind of where I think it came from. Not even just from this time period, like even this century, mm-hmm. farmers have been around for forever yeah. and farming in general. But I think, you know, generally the men were sent out to farm mm-hmm. and then they came back to the women who mm-hmm. cooked for them. Right. So I feel like that's kind of the basis of it. And farming, like, you know, working the land, providing for your family, all of that Mm -hmm. is very, uh, in my brain, it sounds very religious. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, and and many farmers and and ranch hands and whatever, they're very religious people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like maybe there's a connection Mm -hmm. in that. I think that for me personally, it goes down to the fact of human culture and human society. We have been instructed by the people and the powers that are elevated on the hierarchy to be able to promote these practices. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like if the the government or the church or your local authorities are telling you that this is something that we should be doing, then naturally things just kind of fall into place for everybody beneath them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think it was definitely at first, because when you think of like back in the 1500s, even Mm -hmm. like the women did not, uh, the noble women and the ladies, Mm -hmm. they didn't really cook or clean like we had talked about, but um, the farmers, the women uh, that worked w- on farms with their husbands or like people who were not poverty, but just mm-hmm. lower class, I guess, and yeah. middle class even like those women mm-hmm. would be in the kitchens and cleaning and the men would provide and go mm-hmm. out and work, whether it be on a farm or mm-hmm. otherwise. But also to me, that still goes under the concept of the hierarchy because of the social construct is that the people who are above and elevated ground on that hierarchy are the ones who kind of make the rules, then they are the ones who say, well, we don't have to do this type of work because we have people beneath us who are supposed to. Do you right. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and I get that. Um, I'm just saying like people who weren't of noble blood mm-hmm. were the ones who kind of started right. doing the, in the kitchen and yeah. all that jazz. So really it's kind of, It's just, now it's a taboo subject, Mm -hmm. but back then it was like common sense. It was just like, oh yeah, you're a woman, you're going to be in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. obviously. Unless you're royalty. 
Yes. Unless you were very rich and then mm-hmm. you have someone in the kitchen for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was usually a woman cause I've seen male cooks before many, many times like uh, mm-hmm. Royal cooks and things yeah. like that uh, can be mm-hmm. and have been men. I think that stemmed from education because for a very, very long time, you know, men's education was much, much more invested in than women's education. And maybe that's another so, reason why women were mm-hmm. constantly in the home and in the kitchen mm-hmm. is because they didn't have as many rights. So it was like, yeah. what else can you do? That's true. But Stupid. For me- <laughs> <laughs> and then he slaps her in the face and he's like, you don't got no rights. Get back in the kitchen. Exactly. Make me a sandwich. I think that for for men being the exquisite cooks is because men had the opportunity to go to school for those kind of essential sure. educations. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And women didn't have that opportunity. So you wouldn't see a female cook for a royal household. No. Or a um But for a family household. household. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. For once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Okay, I have some... uh, Do you have anything else to talk about by the... About women in the kitchen? No, I'm not trying to piss anybody off. (laughs) I just think it's just so taboo. Because nowadays it's like... um, It's almost like you're not a feminist or you're not... um, Not for women's rights if you are in the kitchen all the time. Mm. And I... Because I've heard that before because... Okay, you know this about me, mm-hmm. but listeners pr- might not. I love to cook. Oh, yes. I love it a lot. I bake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love to clean, but I do it because I love to cook and mm-hmm. it's required. <laughs> you need to get, keep You've got a clean, to clean kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love cooking. So I'm in the kitchen quite often um, making my own stuff that I enjoy making and also, you know, f- dinners and lunches and things like that. So I enjoy being in the kitchen and cooking and not necessarily providing for my family because it's just me and my fiance, but I do mm-hmm. enjoy making things and oh, creating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have been told before, it's like, well, you know, women don't have to do that anymore. And I'm like, but I like to. Right. I think we went over this whenever we went over meditation and uh, we might have gone over it in finding your niche or something like that, but you need to be able to do things, activities and promote good, healthy lifestyles that empower your own passions. And for me, whenever I'm in the kitchen, it's very meditative. It allows me to clear my mind. It allows me to really consciously think about my life and kind of the things that are going on around me Mm -hmm. whenever I'm occupied in the kitchen and I'm being able to make these fabulous dishes that give me pride and give me passion. But nowadays that's, that's welcomed because you're a man and they want men to (laughs) to do that. You're right. Yeah. Nowadays though, it's almost like you're being, um, an anti-feminist. It's a double standard. Yeah. It's like, and I, and I've had to explain to people before I just enjoy it. And it's not that somebody's making me mm-hmm. it, like Russell doesn't have a pitchfork and like stabs me every time <laughs> I try to, to go back into the living room. It, it's like, it's something I do enjoy. Right. So it's not, it's not a bad thing if you enjoy it, but yeah. if you have somebody who's like, um, you know, make me a sandwich kind of thing mm-hmm. and they say it really degradingly. Right. Um, I, I used to date someone actually who would say that all the time. What an asshole. <laughs> he would say, he said it jokingly, I hope. <laughs> um, but I was just like, man, I don't know. I, I could mm-hmm. definitely think of some people that would do that and mean it degradingly. 
Right. And, and I hate that. I yeah. hate that that's a thing still. But on it, like I said, on the other hand, like if you are someone who does enjoy doing the, the things that are womanly mm-hmm. in, in quotations, yeah. then I mean, you shouldn't be chastised for that. Right. There shouldn't be a social obligation. Yes. Is what, yeah. Yeah, It shouldn't be one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you shouldn't question, you shouldn't have to question, Mm -hmm. is that woman being made to stay in the kitchen? Or does she actually like it Mm. kind of thing? Like, I think that that's something that is still taboo nowadays. But I think it's good that it's taboo that people question that a little bit in their Mm -hmm. brains, that they think um, in their heads, like, that's not right that women are made to do that. Mm. Like it shouldn't be an obligation. Right. It should be a joy, (laughs) (laughs) which I do enjoy it very much. Now, one of the things I think that should be said is we've been talking a lot about should women be in the kitchen while they're in a relationship. But for some women, they don't really have much of a choice. Because some women are single. You could still have a choice. But I mean, if you are really single and you, let's talk about a college kid. As opposed to a fake single. (laughs) If you're single, but you live with your parents, that's a different thing. Sure. But if you're single and you're on your own, Mm -hmm. then I consider that to be a little bit of a different lifestyle change. But also like, um, like I had a friend in college and she Mm -hmm. was single for a short period of time. (laughs) And, uh, she, uh, you know, she would not cook in the kitchen. She made ramen. She would almost avoid it. It was like the plague. And she was just like, I can't, I don't want to cook. So Mm. she didn't. So she would make things or we would go out or Mm -hmm. she'd get takeout or something like that. Hmm. So there is still an option (laughs) or, or, you know, frozen food or things that are very easy and basic. I think to me, that isn't an option. Well, it is for some, I can see for some people. Yeah, that would be an option. But for me, I, and in your situation, you know what? And I think it does go down to the way I was raised because I was raised to believe that you need to be able to provide for yourself. Like it's a very, very prominent feature that is lacking in today's children Mm -hmm. is their ability to self-sustain. Yeah. And when I was raised, I like not being able to sustain yourself was not an option. Right. Like it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to provide for yourself and take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. If you don't have money, you're going to work. If you don't have food, you are going to cook. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And sometimes it does strike me as a little strange whenever I meet people who don't have that determination or that motivation to self-sustain. It is weird, but I think it's privilege. Okay. I wasn't going to go there, but I, you know what? That is mostly true. That's mostly true. I think that it depends. I'm not 100% sure if it's privilege or just being sheltered. Because a lot of people, even if they are or are not privileged, there are parents around the world who want to be so heavily involved in their child's life that it doesn't matter if they have money or not. Whenever that child is ready to go off and be on their own, that child doesn't know how. In a way, parents being involved in your life is a privilege. Yeah. Because not everybody really has that. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily... um, I think the my money defi- aspect. I think my definition of privilege and your definition of privilege might be a little different. No, I just have a broader, I think, definition. <laughs> broader definition of privilege. <laughs> I think they're very similar. Okay. But just okay. 
more broad. Who is she? <laughs> what is her name? <laughs> is she French? Because I don't know her. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, privilege. Yeah, I just think that, you know, if you have a certain amount of privilege, maybe p- and people don't learn as quickly as others. Mm-hmm. Um, even, mm. I mean, I am a, a white woman yeah. and so in ways I've struggled cause I'm a woman, yeah. but in other ways I'm white. <laughs> so <laughs> we've talked about this before. Yes. Yeah. So I think that privilege has a lot to do with whether or not people, um, learn those skills. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, I don't know how we've gotten off on this. We've yeah. kind of turned <laughs> this podcast that was supposed to be a fun, lighthearted podcast Ooh, into a very a, serious yes, political thing. Anyway, but even still, it all goes back to the point, you know, how you were raised affects how you sustain yourself yeah. throughout your, your adulthood. lifetime. Yeah. The, throughout your adulthood. Mm-hmm. And if you are a woman who was raised through, I guess, privilege, um, no matter which way you're not going to have the skill set required whenever you're on your own or whenever you leave your family for, um, to make a new family. Yeah. You're not going to have the, that ability. Truth. Okay, I'm going to switch it up, and we're going to do something slightly more fun. Okay. Question mark? Okay. Okay. Question mark. So these are just fun facts about the kitchen. Okay. So from bls.gov, mm-hmm. I found uh, a couple of these facts. So one of them is it's a 2017 kind of poll about Americans in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Americans. I know. They're uh, losers. Terrible people. Stupid. Anyway, so look privileged. who they voted for. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Okay, moving on. So the, the amount of time they spend preparing food and cleaning their kitchen in order to prepare food mm-hmm. um, per day mm-hmm. is about a little more than half an hour. So about 40-ish mm. minutes a day Okay, on average. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. The average. And this was in mm-hmm. 2017. Okay. So it's probably slightly changed, but yeah. most likely not. No, not really. Very much. Mm. The amount of time we spend eating food. Uh, for some people, is much quicker than others. Yes, that's true. The amount of time that we spend eating food mm-hmm. on, a, on a daily basis is about... Hold on, an, I want to guess. Okay. I want to say four hours. <laughs> Whoa. No, that's no. way more time. <laughs> per day. What, an hour and a half. About, yeah. It's really? about an hour and 15 to 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. That's how much time a day that we spend eating. Yeah. <laughs> Makes I can sense. See that. Still, I can see like that. I said, 2017 survey, but I feel like mm-hmm. it'd still be pretty relevant. Yeah. And again, this is specifically mm-hmm. Americans. I'm thinking to myself, like, th- three meals a day. And if you're having three meals a day, I want to say that you're eating for maybe 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then snacks and here, five minutes here and there. Yeah. I would say about an hour and a half. Yeah. And and you're close. Mm-hmm. So, um, the amount of time on average that people spend doing housework a day. <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not giving enough credit to the American people. It's about half an hour. Half an hour. Okay. Each day. On average. So there's definitely some people who probably don't do any Mm-mm. or like you said, two minutes, but mm-hmm. on average, the American household in 2017 mm-hmm. did about half an hour of housework a day, mm-hmm. which I just thought was really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then the last thing I have is, um, 
cooking from scratch. I don't know if you cook from scratch. I do sometimes. I love to, but it, it's not always possible. It's very time consuming. It's, uh, it's so difficult. So it's definitely a time suck, but um, it does have benefits. Mm-hmm. And one of the benefits I'm sure many people know is that it will save you money. And it will prevent you from eating too many processed foods. Yes, that's the other benefit is yeah. that eating healthy or mm-hmm. healthier eating is yeah. is. Because you're controlling what's going into the food. Correct. So the amount of sugar or the amount of whatever carbs, preservatives, salt, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's no preservatives in it unless you add them. I guess, well, natural yourself. preservatives like lemon and stuff like that. Oils. Because mm-hmm. I know if you like in bread, if you put a little oil in some of your breads, like a little mm-hmm. olive oil or something, it will preserve it mm-hmm. longer. But even still, you're using natural preservatives. Yes. Instead of, mm-hmm. yeah, the uh, chemical I guess. The substitute preservatives. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We're going to call them the, the dark preservatives. The dark. On the yeah. dark side. On the dark side <laughs> of food. <laughs> and that's all I've got. Okay. 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 All right. Moral of the story. <laughs> Short, Live your life however you want. Short answer, no. <laughs> Women don't have to be or should be in the kitchen. Uh, I think we've just been conditioned to think a certain way for so long. Yeah, you know what I mean? Agreed. And I think now more and more people are ready to challenge those thoughts and those cliches. Which I think is good. Yeah. I think that's excellent. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So, we are going to move on to our next segment before Meredith slaps me. Brewing something bitter. Meredith, my dear. Yeah. So, what makes you bitter this week? Um, as you know, it, it it's really hard for me to come up with these. So, <laughs> I'm going um, from today, my back is really hurting me. I woke oh. up this morning and it's like almost a burning, pinching feeling in my lower back and it's horrible it is the worst it's not the worst my back's ever felt but it's terrible yeah i hate it Mm -hmm. and you've been having back pain for a while now yeah i did start going to physical therapy though which is a a suite i guess but it's it's kind of helped Mm -hmm. a little i'm hoping that after long term of doing what they tell me to do Mm -hmm. that hopefully my back will get better i will say that it hasn't been hurting as much recently. Yeah. Um, just this morning though, I woke up and then I stepped a certain way and it was like blinding pain. And I yeah. was like, Oh, okay. That's what today is going to be. Cool. So that's my bitter. Yeah. How about you? I am doing a weight loss challenge right now uh-huh. and I'm losing. <laughs> Damn it. So my coworker and I, um, we are doing a weight loss challenge for the first quarter of the year, which is January, February, March. Mm-hmm. So we started in January and we put up $40 each of us. Right. So winner take all. You should have had and her start um, November because that's when you were <laughs> that's starting. That's when it. I was starting and yeah. I've lost so much weight since yep. then. Anyway. My November through the end of December um, was, gosh, like I want to say 20 to 25 pounds. And see, she's probably just losing water weight. And yeah. That's why you're, you're and that's losing. why I'm having a little bit more of a difficult what time, a but I'm okay with it because it's kind of keeping me on track more so than Good. I was keeping myself on track. Nice. Because now I have the thought in my mind, damn it. She's winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes just that it's challenge just, yes. will like get you to do the strangest things. But even t- very true. Yep. I just had a huge gust of wind for lunch. Like, just, 
I'm great. Delicious. delicious. And eat a a Cuba cheese before you Before I pass out. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's my bitter is that I'm losing my weight loss challenge. Hmm. So I need to step up my game. Step it up. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm sorry about that. But now we're going to move on to something a little better, a little sweeter. Okay. Okay. So, Alex. Yes. What's sweet this week? Uh, How much weight I've lost. (laughs) (laughs) Huzzah! It all comes full circle. I am very, very close to hitting one of my milestones. And um, I think right now I've lost a total of like 35 pounds, roughly 35 pounds. Since November. Good. And I have... That's still quite an accomplishment. It, it is I'm very accom- proud of you. I'm still working on it. You know, you. I can never be too proud of myself. You should or be proud I, of yourself. I feel like I am proud of myself, but I'll be more proud of myself whenever, like, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I got you. But the more and more I become proud of myself, the more and more I start to slip up. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yes. Like, I have to be really hard on myself right. to keep getting through this. And I've never had this much self-control before. And even still, Whoa. I don't have that much self-control as it is. But still, <laughs> taking those steps forward, I feel like, is a big deal. Yes, I, I am. And I've lost a lot of weight. And I'm getting... Uh, I can... I got a little sick last week, which was great because I lost another three pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's not encourage the, uh, the listeners to do that. But um, I could tell my body was so much easier on me this time around. So the last time I got sick, I was sick for like weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And it took so long to recover. This time, my recovery was much better and much easier, much more seamless. Just because my body is better equipped to handle those kinds of things now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, I was drinking tea. It's okay. Okay. I shall forgive you this once. I appreciate it, (laughs) except I know it'll happen again, so (laughs) I'm not looking forward to the next (laughs) one. Okay. Anyway, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Yes. Yay. What about you? So my suite this week is a a show. A show. A show. A show. (laughs) Indeed. Um, It's on Netflix. Okay. It's called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Mm. I think it's Marie Kondo, Mm -hmm. but it's, she's such the most precious little (laughs) lady that you've ever seen in your life. She looks like a doll and like, uh, it's just something that I've. I'm interested in learning. So Mm -hmm. like she has a technique of folding Mm. that she teaches you so that you can see everything in your drawer, Mm. which I think is very neat. I actually made all my drawers look like that. And I'll show you after this podcast. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's really interesting and and cool to watch. And she has like a process of like helping you tidy your home Mm -hmm. and her, um, so she's not a minimalist. So I know mm-hmm. that you, you comment on how I do minimal kind of things. You do a lot of minimal. I do. But she's not a minimalist. She's more of like, you only keep the things that spark joy. Mm. So the things in your house, you're going through everything mm-hmm. in your home. So like the first step is clothing. So mm-hmm. you get all your clothing and put it in a pile in one spot. So you see the amount of clothing you have. Mm. And then you grab uh, each pair and you reaffirm why that sparks joy with you yeah. and if it does not you do then not you keep get rid it. of it yeah oh i see and i was like i love this yeah. it's so neat she actually has a book and i knew about the book and i've been meaning to read it um but i saw her show and i thought you know 
I want to watch that. And some of them, like some of the, I'm a very emotional person. So some <laughs> really? of the shows would make me cry. Oh, it's so sweet because we're like one of the episodes, there's like a, a woman who she just lost her husband mm-hmm. and she's decluttering his things mm-hmm. like to try to get rid of mm-hmm. his belongings so that mm-hmm. he's not so much in the house anymore. Yeah. Cause like it had been, I don't know, like five months or something like that since her mm-hmm. husband had died. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to move on, mm-hmm. but it was hard for her because like, his things were everywhere. So she was, uh, so she asked Maria Kondo to come mm-hmm. in and help her to tidy her house or mm-hmm. declutter his things in a respectful way. Yeah. So it's just very sweet. And like her, she has a process, like whenever you take the clothes and if it doesn't give you joy, instead of, you know, just throwing it to the donate pile, you thank it mm-hmm. for clothing you for, for being there for you or teaching you a lesson. Mm-hmm. So like if it's something that you never wore, even telling it, you know, thank you for telling me the things that I don't enjoy wearing. So mm-hmm. that next time I come into it, an object that's similar to this, I know mm-hmm. I don't like wearing things like this. So thank you for teaching me that. Yeah. And it's like your, it's gratitude, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. And that's my sweet. Yay. Aww. I suggest people go watch it. It's very neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that. It's so neat and tidy. Okay, anyway. Anywho, um, if that's all you have, then that concludes our episode for the podcast today. Uh, dear listeners, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to get a hold of us. Our links to all of our social media will be in the description, as always. And until next time, beautiful farewells, everybody. Bye. Adios. Thank you.